0: Good evening, you're listening to 3 Moves Ahead, and I'm your host Rob Zachney. Joining me tonight is Julian Rabbit Murdoch. Hello, hello, hello. For tonight's show we're going to be talking about Six-Gun Saga, a card-based strategy game from Cryptic Comment. Friend of the show, Vic Davis, has been kind enough to return tonight to speak with us about it. Vic, welcome back. Oh, well, hey, thank you for having me back. I'm curious to hear everyone's reactions to it, but I guess the, the, first, thing I, the first thing I'd like to hear oh, really is uh, what, you, what you were going for with this, Vic.
1: Well, last time I was here, Tom got me some coffee. Is there any way somebody can get me some coffee this time?
0: No, we're good. Coffee's with off the menu. Jam.
1: No? Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, Six-Gun Saga is, uh, like you said, it's a card-based game. It's meant to be a uh, lunch break uh, type game that you would fire up and play in 20 to 30 minutes. Um, you know, some of the settings let you do that. Some of the other Settings would take maybe take you a little longer. It's basically what happened after uh, a failed design that I'd had, and I had uh, been audacious enough to buy a lot of art for the design, and uh, it collapsed, and um, I was left with a bunch of art and no game. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're flush after you know uh, you're, you'll release a game, and all the money's come. In you're, you're thinking about project and you know I, I guess if I'd had a real producer uh, they might have uh, channeled the money into a little better investment but um, it, it worked out fine I I, I was able to retool uh, a design for the for the art I, basically what I'd started out with was a uh, I was going to do my rogue like that I'm still working on and um, it was going to be set in the old west and you were going to travel around and meet all these characters from the old west and uh, and. Battle them with uh, poker games, which would represent a gun battle, which you can see sort of did bleed over into the uh, six gun saga design a bit, and um, so that fell through because I could not come up with a way to make the poker games interesting. Uh, They became way too chaotic, and um, so then I I came up with the idea for six gun saga, which you know is uh, basically you have a hand of cards that each card has multiple uses, and you Play them according to what type of strategy you want to put you have a real simple board there where you uh, you put together these uh, characters I, they call dudes, um, you know not really original, but uh, you, you put them together in a posse and you move them out on the board and you, you try to win victory points I, that probably sums up the the game in, in a nutshell
2: yeah I, I feel like you're almost doing it a disservice you're making it sound I think far simpler strategically than it is right it would be very easy to dismiss this as a a a sort of light filler card game um but there's an awful lot going on in this game i have to tell you i I, you know i I, in a way i I sort of feel like we're benefiting from your failed project because uh because if this is what you're doing because the other thing wasn't working out i sort of i sort of see that as a gift because it's an incredibly unique game i mean i play a ton of Board games and strategy card games, and uh, you know whether it's something new like you know uh, Seven Wonders or Dominion or, or any of these games that sort of make the rounds every couple of years. This is an entirely unique experience, and I honestly, it, it's easy to to look at a game that is a card game fundamentally and say, "Well, could you play this on a board?" Right. That's I, I, I would certainly with Armageddon Empires. We we went through a lot of mental gymnastics about, well, couldn't you just put this on a board and have a hand of cards and all that kind of stuff? This game strikes me as just crossing that line towards a new genre that really would be unplayable without the computer there because there's so much hidden information. Um, you, You know, one of the core... Uh, one of the core conceits of the game, which I think is brilliant, is that you can you can sort of buy these ambushes out of your hand. Like you can take a card that the type is ambush, and you basically leave them in wait for your opponent to enter the board, and it sort of gives you a, a cheap shot before they get out into the real world to try to earn victory points. I can't even imagine implementing that system in a, in a pen and paper environment.
1: Oh yeah, you'd have to have a judge. No, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. There's that's uh, any type, any of the screw you type mechanics. Um, You know, I've messed around with designs where I've tried to do the ambush type thing where you don't even know who placed it. Um, And in this game, it's not really that important who placed it uh, because you're playing against these AIs and, you know, their silicon grudges aren't lasting very long. But, you know, in a face-to-face game, trying to implement something blind like that is really tough. Yeah, yeah.
2: You, you'd have to create some sort of system where, okay, it's ambush round, everybody takes a card, and, some, yeah, and somebody has zombies. a dummy
1: card, exactly.
2: Yeah, and it would just be unwieldy. But um, but the, the thing that's so compelling about this for me is that it, it does have that simplicity of a card game in that, you know, every turn you've got your sort of a basic upkeep phase, you've got a main phase, and then you draw, and that's it. I mean, it's, it's really pretty straightforward. Um, the number of things you can do on your main phase are, are pretty simple. Um, you can, you know, move dudes around or you can buy or play cards. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Um, but the, the, the depth that, that builds strategically is just so satisfying. Um, I, it's oh, probably, well, point, it's probably worth pointing out. There's a lot of randomness in this, um, for a game that we would consider a strategy game in that, um, you're not building your own deck. It's not like you get to stack the deck in favor of a certain boss who has certain, you know, types of powers or anything like that. You're, I, I, my sense is everybody's pulling from the same deck. Is that mathematically how it's working?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mention that, because I'd been playing a lot of Dominion, and when I first went to look at the design for this game, I thought originally I would try to do some, you know, it was very hot to do some type of deck-building mechanic, but I had all these famous gunfighters, and, you know, you can't keep putting Doc Holliday into the deck and drawing him multiple times. It just doesn't work um, with these personalities. So I gave up, I did give up on that, but you, but you are right. It is a central deck that everybody, uh, draws from and all the ambushes, the, the, the dudes and the deeds are all, which are basically locations, you know, like your bank or what, whatever, uh, they're all put into a central deck and, uh, then they're drawn and some of them, you know, the ambushes never come back to the deck, but if you fire a guy or, or use, use a dude to cash him in instead of buying them, um, you, uh, he goes to the discard pile, which eventually can come back. Yeah, you, know, you, you could hire him later. Then, basically,
2: right. Or, or they get killed. They go to boot hill, and then they're out of the game. They're out of period. the game. Yeah, right. and they've given up their VPs, and somebody somebody got them. But, but what I've just started realizing is that it, I mean, I I, I have, it's probably in the documentation because it's pretty well documented. I don't quite know how many cards are in the deck. I mean, is, is it's like a hundred and something. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's. I think
1: it's. Uh, it's about one hundred and twenty. Okay. Um, so that's yeah,
2: in in a, a two-player game, which by all means I encourage people to start this game two players. Um, in a two-player game, it feels fairly random, right? You can get a string of cards that really play. Every every boss has a certain uh, pro or con to them. You know, you might get a, a discount on the dudes um, to bring them into action, or you might get certain bonuses for having lawmen or gu- or gamblers. Um, so you 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 could end up with a string of just I got six cards in a row that all really play to my sort of racial strength, if you will. Um, and so that does end up feeling a little bit random. Boy, when you start playing this thing three or four players, all of a sudden there are an awful lot of cards out. And now paying attention to who played what and what dudes are in somebody else's posses and what locations have already been played, there's a whole lot of information going on. And as soon as I started playing like th- really three-player games, um, it got strategically so much more interesting, and holy crap, difficult!
1: Yeah, the, the two-player game really is a trainer-type mode almost. Uh, but although it's a lot, it's a lot more. It's interesting because the like you said, we're talking about the ambushes. The ambushes are much more valuable in a two-player game, and you tend to want to use them than when you you're spread out with you know th- uh, three opponents. And you don't know whether to hit the guy who's got the the uh, victory point lead, or uh, you know just cash it in for the quick uh, money. So I think yeah. they they become less valuable the more players you add. Uh, and I I struggled with those with the ambushes. I I at first they were really milk toast, and I. Kept increasing, increasing the um, the values of their uh, that they had in combat uh, until I thought they were pretty much. If you sent a, gu- a, a dude out by himself, he was gonna get he was gonna get slicked, but if you sent a, a group together, you were probably gonna be okay. Right. So
0: right. It just doesn't seem very. I mean, my experience so far, I definitely, I think I've already sort of hit my favorite character, and that is a uh, Wyatt Earp, because I, you know, one of the the, the way it works is. Uh, as you as you kill other guys' dudes, you are racking up victory points. So there's a couple ways you can go about it. You can be the guy who's completing like story cards for the victory points they contain. You you know you hold it for a turn, you deplete its victory points, and those go to you. Or you can be the guy who's basically preying on other people's posses and sending its members to Boot Hill and racking up kills that way. Yeah, I and- call that
1: ninja ninjing You just sort of ninja in uh knock him off the car uh, quickly and then get back out
0: right and with 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 Wyatt Earp he's got he's got very high leadership and uh his special his his, his special power is that uh he's got Virgil and uh oh the other one that nobody nobody cares about the the lame Earp brother Morgan that's right <laughs> um
1: i think that was Paxton wasn't
0: it <laughs> yeah uh so you got so you've got Virgil and Morgan there uh, helping you lower your upkeep costs for fielding basically a large army. But the catch is you can't use, you can't use outlaws and that yes. takes a lot of gunmen out of your hands. Well, It
2: take, takes a lot of gunmen out. And also these, these sort of story locations that you're going to, Um, you know, they, they're, I think in my mind, they're sort of the core victory point generating system and everything else is kind of an alternate. The obvious one is send guys out to the story cards and collect, you know, rob the stagecoach or, you know, quell the Indian uprising or whatever it is. And you get a fairly big chunk of points for, for engaging in that activity. You have to, there, there are prerequisites to go after them and outlaw seems to be in a lot of them.
1: Yeah, outlaws got the most, and uh, that was because you know the outlaws ended up being the 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 dominant or uh, the predominant card in in the deck. Uh, but most usually they're they low victory point, they're you know pretty low gunfight. You'll find most of the leadership is really bad. You know they're the grunts, the cannon fodder, uh, and you can do a, you can use them well. But if you really want to build a, a large um, you know posse up that's effective, you're going to have to. Either pick one of those few outlaws with good leadership,
0: or, or come up with a gunslinger, a gunfighter, or a gambler who's got good leadership. Right, and there's that cool oil and water effect between the lawmen and the outlaws. Are there right. any? Uh, uh, are there any other um, mutually exclusive categories? Uh, Apa- well, the Apaches, Apaches don't. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So can you explain? Because the Apaches, the Apache, are a special class of card.
1: Yeah, they're 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 meant to be uh, uh, the card that you know every once in a while you get a nice constellation in your hand and you see oh I can put these together and there's a story card out there that I can get on first with them uh, but otherwise I'm going to either use their their uh, action uh, that goes with them or cash them in um, and the, you know they're cheap they require no uh, upkeep um, and they've got really pretty good stats so if you can. You know, string one or two together and and get them out there quickly. They're a nice raider. You know, um, they uh, they do have that d- disadvantage in that I had this thing where you know, fifteen percent for each card every turn, they might just leave your leave your, your control and, and leave the posse and you know go back to the discard deck. Um, so there's a little bit of risk there. You, you have a really good, you know, value in the card, but there's a chance that you might not even you might get it out there, and at the worst uh, oper- uh, uh, possible moment, they leave, and you know you're you're stuck.
2: Right, but but you've got sort of an interesting catch-up feature built in, which is the combat mechanic, which you said you sort of preserved from your roguelike, which is this sort of, uh, you know, one one hand dealt of, of seven card stud. Um, or sorry, it's uh, Texas Hold'em, right? Two in the middle, you get a hand yeah. of five. But you get to put in two whole cards uh, to the posse until they go into combat and the whole cards get used. So so even if you end up with a handful of just absolute dreck, you know, you're know, you playing the the boss that's a lawman and you've got nothing but outlaws in your hand, you've got you know some, some military posse out there that you're really worried isn't going to survive very well, if you have a handful of four or five cards, chances are they all have... Uh, well they they all the all the dudes have a uh a, a card value on them as well. So it'll say Ace of Spades or Queen of Hearts and a little micro card inside the main card. And so you can shove those off into a posse uh sort of as whole cards for when they do go into combat. And I, I've had a couple games where I couldn't really get anything together. You know, I wasn't getting any synergies. Um, there, there are a ton of synergies in these games. You know, if you have the saloon and you get the prostitutes, they make more money, right? And things like <laughs> that. Um, and and I wasn't getting any of those synergies, but I consistently managed to pull hearts. So I just kept shoving hearts into all my posses. And I won, like, six battles in a row on flushes because I was doing that. So ah. there's sort of this interesting... Catch-up dynamic. If you start thinking about battles as a whole separate game, um, well, I should that-
1: put out there that I'm I'm a terrible poker player. <laughs> I, I, I love the game, um, and I, I I play with my son, my 13 year old son, all the time. But um, I'm terrible at it. And when I went to build this this the mechanics here for this uh, the the you know basically it's it's like a die roll basically as it, it works out. I want it to be quick. Uh, I didn't want there to be a lot of fiddling. Some of my earlier designs, you know, were actually what it was going to be a poker game, and you were going to bid your health, your your wound points, and the winner got to take it and then assign it against the loser. Uh, and I had a couple problems with that. Number one was I could not write a good poker bot uh, AI. It just was beyond me, uh, despite what you read on all the you know the get rich quick boards out there about writing nice poker bots that. Win you lots of money, right? Um, and the other thing was, it became so uh, dynamically interactive; it was almost chaotic because a lot of the things I was going to have were special abilities where you would redraw a card in your hole or redraw a card on, you know, uh, in the common area, and uh, it, uh, writing the AI to to respond to that was, you know, was really tough. Um, so I ditched that and I went with this design to have it be really straightforward. You you could influence it a little bit with by p- assigning cards to your hole, um, and I was curious about that because you know I I've played some poker and I've I've watched you know you watch the the poker on the TV and you always see you know most of the cards or or most of the hands and I don't know the statistics behind it but most of them you know are are low value hands they're you know uh, pairs or, or you know two pair or, or three of a kind you're, you're you're feeling pretty good about a hand in in in, in Texas Hold'em, um, and so I was wondering, you know, if I put a pair uh, in one of these things going on for a story card, would it really consistently, you know, tip the advantage in my favor? And I started experimenting with that, and I never even thought about the the f- going for the flush aspect. Um, usually, I was putting pairs and high cards, you know, an ace on it, and I found that yeah, you know, a lot of the times I could actually prevail maybe i'd take some wounds even though you know that was the other dynamic i put there was if you win the hand you get to stay on the card and get the victory points
2: right so um
1: there's there's sort of that that other level of decision making there you know am i strong enough to stay and take the points even if i lose um or should i just back off and let somebody else come on and then rebuild that posse right but yeah, but so the whole the whole concept there is to it's like you know with with my game Armageddon Empires with these things I call tactic cards and the, all the dice rolling is to sort of try to shift the odds in your favor a little bit, um, even though there's a lot of luck
0: involved in the outcome. So my 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 question is, how confident are you that this thing is entirely balanced?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, one man's balance is another man's. You know, uh, I. I don't know. Well, uh, we
2: should, we should point out that as much as H. it as much as it makes me want to open a vein, the game is single player only.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um and I you know, I I knew there'd be a lot of uh disappointment and um uh disgust <laughs> with, <laughs> with with that. Uh and, I, and I'll start tap dancing here and go into my regular spiel about, you know, it's uh, I'm I'm a you know, I'm a marginal mediocre programmer at best. Um, and that is, uh, you, you know, you can take a look at my game, Solium Infernum. You can play by email. Um, I can't, I can't program, uh, you know, any net code or anything like that. Um, and, then, and, and then my second little tap dance here is that <laughs> <laughs> when, when you go to, de- to do the design on these types of games, when you try to, you know, when you look at a multiplayer situation, the mechanics, you've got to design it differently. Um, I don't know that. Um, you know you can get the lunch break type uh, experience in not that that's the only thing that was driving this but um, you have to think about how turns are executed uh, what sequence players take actions the com- complexity goes way up and the the it slows down and um, you know that adds to programming complexity that I'm not able to to right. approach so um, yeah it's single player it's um it's you know, uh, <laughs> I feel feel like this is the same uh, little stuttering spot, spot I got into on in the last game. But um.
2: yeah, I mean, I I understand it. I mean, you're not a twenty man team right here. You're a guy making games, and and I appreciate yeah. that you yeah. have to make you have to make your trade offs. I mean, come on, you know, we've grilled people like Ken Levine about not making multiplayer for his games, right? And he has forty million dollar <laughs> budgets. So uh, I, I get that that you can't just say, oh, of course, make a multiplayer. But dude, <laughs> this game would be so vicious if it was multiplayer. I mean, I, Rob Zachner and I probably wouldn't be talking to each other anymore. Not
1: that we, <laughs> not that we do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but well, you know,
1: people are people are. You know, it's it's funny. Multiplayer is interesting because I, you know, as a as a, a gamer and, and even more, I guess, yeah, mostly as a gamer, I, I you know, I like playing. Uh, the multiplayer games, um, you know, the one, the one game, Dominions Two, in the mid of, of the last decade, part of the last decade, I, I didn't think I bought a game for a year, and I just played that, um, you know, and you know that's a brilliant multiplayer game, uh, but people are stinky too. People are, I, I, I just not to get sidetracked here, but you know, like I said, my, my son likes to play on the xbox he loves call of duty uh he likes me to go up and watch him play and i give him you know hints on who's on the radar and when to duck and stuff like that but where he's playing a game today and you know a guy comes up to him and and sits and stands next to him in a corner and boxes him in until he's killed and he's on the same team and it, it just occurred to me you know what kind of person spends their entire game uh doing that and you've got to you you know in any type of multiplayer situation, yeah, you can pick your friends, but if you're playing with strangers, you gotta put up with that type of uh, uh you know griefing. It's it's um you know that's that's well that's
2: one of my justifications, but lame I know. But no, I think you can just stick to the
0: it's really hard part. <laughs> 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 don't want to don't want to open the floodgates to you know, that cryptic you know, comet you know, fan like, community.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying you know people are. I, I, you know, people are tough to um, to play with. Um, I mean, how many games have you played with a multiplayer game where you've actually finished
0: it?
2: Well, well but right, but we that's
0: but that's partly what makes this game exactly. You know, so cool. This it's game, like, I could I
2: could play two games of this an hour with
0: somebody. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: um, you know, I do. I'll
2: take yeah, it that's, right. that's right. I'm Okay, sorry. we get it. We'll stop. We'll stop beating on you about
0: that. <laughs> what, what's the reaction been like to this game? Because I will. I will admit upfront that my first reaction I really I really had no expectations going into this except you know from from you know the examples of your first two games and so this was much simpler and more straightforward than I was expecting and my first reaction was a bit nonplussed like you know well this is this feels very much like it's, it's a solitaire card game uh, and I you know I'm having I'm having a great deal of fun with it and you know you're, you're Certainly not charging very much for it. It's a what is it? A fifteen dollars game?
1: It's going to be fifteen. Right now, it's eleven ninety nine because I'm calling it you know a pre order type beta type thing.
2: Right. What's, so what what's going to be the distinction that pushes you into you know gold release
0: multiplayer? Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get a, a a programming upgrade and you know I what'll be that when it finally goes? I you know uh, I I I think uh, I. The areas that I'm working on right now, I've I've basically gotten most of the the really dumb bugs uh, I think uh, eliminated. There's still a couple. that are really hard to reproduce. Where you know some of the uh, icons are popping up on the wrong side because the data's gotten messed up. But um, you know I want to get the AI a little more tighter. It, it has problems dealing with um, you know super posse's put together by by human players. Uh, it has I, I made it a little too aggressive this time. Um, You'll see it basically uh, think that it can uh, knock players off story cards uh, even when the odds are outstandingly bad. Um, uh, That's because I um, I tried I wanted my big mistake with the last game was to really have the AI be a little too passive uh, starting off. Um, And um, you know not that I solved all those problems either because you know Solium Infernum is a hugely complex game that that was. And and that's another story. The you know the AI in this game was actually very difficult um, because uh, you you know you have these story cards. That's not the original design. I'm going to digress here a little bit, but the original design was much more of a uh, abstract game board. I, you can probably see it from, from some of the original screenshots that I, I put out. Uh, where you basically had three little, uh, circles, um, you know, where you put your ambush cards on that you could move that were your own area and then you could move onto the other, uh, players, uh, You know, approach path. It's like the circles. I don't know if I'm describing it very well, but basically, the 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 board was very abstract. It was um, not focused on going anywhere. You would push into the other guy's territory, and um, actually have to land on his posse's to initiate combat. And getting the AI for that to work, I couldn't do it, and it cost me literally two to three months to figure out that you. Playing, having it play intelligently, intelligently, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna work. It was just too abstract. Um, so that's when I came up with the idea of having these gravitational points, these stories that you would have to go on, that the AA would either have to attack or defend, uh, and that simplified simplified it tremendously. And uh, I think I've lost uh, track of what my point was here, but. Uh, <laughs> What was the original question? Well, I, I, was, I
0: was curious <laughs> whether, you know, with your first two games, you established a reputation for serious, deep, Gregnardian strategy oh, yeah, games. yeah, yeah. And I was wondering if, you know, you have, a, you have a loyal community, but I would also expect they have rather high expectations and specific expectations for anything you do.
1: Yeah, I couldn't do, uh, you know, the, uh, the honest answer was I could not do another two to three year game um this like i said was originally intended to be a a roguelike which i felt would be a nice fresh change of pace and then i thought you know what it's got to be something uh fun light interesting um you know there are so many points in this game where you could start adding chrome on top Uh, you could start having the dudes level up you could have them adding special abilities you could Add an experience system. You could
0: yes, go you know, on. <laughs> and you know,
1: maybe that's something to think about. Although I think but, there's yeah, see, the, I, I, the simplicity no, of the game, no. the elements would be would be marred a little.
2: There are plenty of complex games that, that, I mean, we already suffer from a problem. I mean, we're a podcast that gets together every week to talk about strategy games in, you know, in the video game world specifically. There are so damn few many games I can talk about you can finish in under an hour that, you know, the idea that you would take what I feel is, I mean, maybe not a perfect design, but a a quite beautiful, elegant, strategic design like this. And just start bolting on complexity for the hell of it, Yeah, it makes my skin crawl honestly so so, <laughs> so curse you Rob Zachney, for even suggesting <laughs> such a thing Which well, I, okay. think
0: I, I was I was kidding around I will say I will ask, however uh, this game does seem like one that would suggest possibilities for deck expansion
1: yeah, you know, actually, I've got a couple cards um, that I had originally done up that are I, you would put them in the Weird West category. Um, that that I'm going to be adding eventually. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to come up with a couple new story cards for them. Um, and and what's a- what's the weird west like
2: lebowski or uh,
1: no more like uh, you're at roswell and you got an alien with a space
2: gun or you got uh... <laughs> or like, like steve <laughs> jackson weird west yeah or you yeah. got
1: a mad scientist with a steam you know uh, ant- like or you got fabric. A, yeah a wendigo you know or a skinwalker you know something like that you know just um the unusual and the 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 size. Not, if you look at the characters in this game, I really you know I spent some time uh, and had a bit of fun buying a bunch of books on the old west and gun battles and trying to find uh, you know a lot of the names of these people are really people who were criminals or outlaws or or share or, or lawmen or whatever. Um, and uh, so the, you can actually go on the internet and, and, and get the little backstories on a lot of these guys. And I actually wanted to do some flavor text for them, but I ran out of space um, uh, on the, on the, in the UI to display it. And
2: Well, um, I, I wouldn't sell yourself short. I mean, you, you've done a great job here on the art, right? I mean, you said that you sort of invested in the art before you had the game design done, uh, which, which is a bold move because um, I, I would say it's the best art design in a game you've done yet. Um, and, and I think we would be remiss to not mention the sound in this, too. I have no idea whether you just licensed a bunch of music. Ah, or, no, no, that, uh,
1: is, that is Stian Stark, who is a Finnish composer, and uh, he is outstanding, and he's very generous so good. to
2: me. I actually left the game on in the background while I, I was done
0: that too the other day. Because I just
2: was <laughs> that, digging the soundtrack, and I have, I have no idea how much music it is. You could tell me it was 20 minutes or two hours, and I'm not sure I'd be able to it's, tell you. I think but, it's
1: about... Fifteen minutes.
2: Yeah, that seems oh, about oh, yeah. right. But 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 man, what a difference for a strategy game to have such a tightly I am not sure what the rate right, a tightly bound soundtrack, right? I mean we get plenty of soundtracks for World War II games that are just you know, ridiculous, you know, here's another military marching thing to go behind <laughs> your, you know, after action report. I mean, they, they, they are uninspiring and don't actually set the mood at all. I think strategy games with the exceptional civilization do a pretty crappy job delivering music into the game. And, and so it, it was a total surprise. I mean, not something I would have expected from a small production like this to have a soundtrack this great, even if it's only 15 minutes of music.
1: Well, it's funny because I told him, I said, you know, I'm thinking good, the bad and the ugly. And he said, don't say another word. I know exactly what to do. And uh, it, it turned out excellent. I, I do the same thing, actually. When, I remember when I first heard it, I was like, wow, this, this, is, this is really nice.
2: So, so your lack of flavor text, I think, can be forgiven because between the artwork and the and the game design around the artwork too. I mean, clearly there's like you know most modern card games, you know, it features card art on every card, right? That that is evocative of of the theme of the card. That's not yeah, I just that's I not like, rocket um, science. But but the design of the game around it as well is very satisfying. Just the visual design of it.
1: Oh well, thank you. That's the you know the art is done by Matt Bradbury who did who's done a large chunk of the art that uh for uh, my first two games too. Uh, and you can he's got a very distinctive style that's uh, that's really well, wonderful.
2: I I think it's it's I mean n- now that I can say that I know this guy's work from playing those three games, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the best <laughs> work he's done for you. I mean I I think very clearly it's the best work he's done for you. But but I mean I you know if we I suppose we have to we're, we're at the forty five minute mark I suppose we have to start saying things that aren't totally positive. Yeah, I will absolutely. say that I found, um, and, and I'm not sure there's much you can do about this. I found it. It took me a good dozen games to start getting some core concepts. Like it's not entirely clear. Uh, unless you've really dug through the manual and really processed exactly what the pattern is, for instance, like what the exact processes of getting on a story card, how long you have to stay there, how many of their victory points that are on that card you collect, what happens to that story card next, yeah, how many more story cards show up, it, it just seems a little. Um, it was a little opaque. Now it doesn't really matter because I don't have to enforce those rules. I'm not trying to play it on my tabletop. Um, so I can just sort of count on the game dealing with it all, um, but but I did find the getting in part a little bit tricky. I that's yeah. a I think we could say about just about every modern strategy
0: game. So I'm not. I think you could say wrong. that about
1: every game of mine. I am not. I just don't do tutorials.
0: Um, <laughs> I just don't do them. Right now, I, mercifully, the manual is only 19 pages, right, or something like that. And you yeah, only have to because read about, like, yeah, and um, there's
2: no appendix of 27 unit types and any of that crap, right? So it's pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah. But where, you know, there are a couple. There are a couple things that ran into tru- uh That I ran into trouble with. One is the game does not do a great job of sort of showing the other players' turns. Like you get the log, but it would have been helpful when I was learning the game to be able to see them play through there to to see them play their hand. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, honestly, I mean, even you know, even in every every game I do play, there are a lot of turns where I simply do not bother. Uh, you know, checking checking what they're up to if it if it doesn't affect me. Uh, the game often feels you know very solitary in that respect. Like I have a plan, and what I'm what I'm keeping an eye on is my opponent's victory points. But I'm not uh, I, in many ways I'm not watching them play the game.
2: Yeah, I and that yeah, can I be st- and that can be problematic because a lot of the actions that you can take, um, particularly when you're playing a three or four player game. Um, are, are very confrontational, right? They require, oh, this guy picked the bank in turn one. I can completely hose him right now with this action. And if you're just sort of not paying attention to your opponents and you're playing it like Solitaire, you're not going to win. You're going to get second place. You
1: no, know, Yeah, I, I agree. I, I struggled with that, with that whole presentation. Um, and you can see right now it's not the greatest presentation. You've got this little pop-up window that says, you know, uh, Wyatt Earp is taking his turn, and uh, when it's done, you can click on a button to, to read the log. Um, and I originally, I didn't even have, uh, you know, uh, I realized pretty quickly when I was playing that you had to inform the player that somebody had played an action card that affected you and not just let them go <laughs> right. no! Where did my games go? go? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. All of a sudden, uh, hey, I'm, why aren't I getting that income? Uh, oh, where'd that go? i got to go through everybody's log and figure out who played, you know, what, what happened. Some-
2: there's some board cleaner cards in there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The exact wrong combination. You can have a couple guys go down or you can lose a couple deeds, you know, that, that are yeah.
0: like, your engine. Oh, screw the, uh, suspicious fire action by the way. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. seriously. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, uh, um, no, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, the, the the thing I struggle with though is is I remember you know when I f- did the Armageddon Empires game, the biggest complaint I got was all the clicking on the messages.
2: Yeah, I and I wouldn't want that either. I, I definitely yeah. I could see that you going the other direction because I was thinking about Armageddon Empires and the constant like your opponent did this, your opponent Click. did that, your opponent <laughs> did this, and, and without it's not like I could play an interrupt. It's not like I could do anything about it. You were just nicely letting me know what had happened to me. Um, yeah. And, and here it's it, it maybe goes a little bit too far the other direction. The good news is that uh, I think like most good card games, the, the tableau speaks, right? So you can, if you're playing it relatively slowly and, and attentively, not like a quick like plow through the card game, yeah, you know, yes, fifteen minute game of Dominion, but playing it like a strategy game, um, it, it's relatively quick to just click over to the other players, you know, uh, tableaus, see how many cards are in their hands, see what they've got on the board. Uh, see what posses they've moved out, you know, and, and you can sort of figure those things out pretty quickly.
1: I am trying to think of some way to get that little dialogue box, though, that gives you the AI's progress to move it over somewhere so you can uh, sort of see the guy, other guys moving their little chip posse chips around. You know, I think that might be informative, too, because a lot of times you can end up, it goes back to your turn, and, you know, there's some some major gunfights have happened there's a lot of guys going to boot hill and you'd never know it uh when you look at the board you just people are gone yeah i mean
2: that, that's one of the interesting things about playing the I, I can't remember the the character's name but there's basically a uh, an undertaker who gets money every time somebody goes to boot hill and you play the undertaker yeah, he's, he's called just or, the undertaker yeah oh is it just the undertaker so you play that in a three or four player game and basically the way you're keeping tabs on what everybody else did was oh how much money did i make this turn yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know there, you know I guess, and it's, it's the mark of a good card game. There are a lot of cool cards out there. Like there, there is one that you have to meet a rather specific criterion, uh, a specific set of criteria for it to work. And that's the case with a lot of cards. But there is one that, um, if you manage to get one of your posse's on a story card and hold it for a turn, then I think you can play the action on this one particular card. And everybody in the game who has an outlaw. With their posse's, uh, what is it? They they lose victory points. Yeah, I think they lose victory points. Yeah. Yeah. So the, there are a couple like you know the you know hand size is kind of precious. You're constantly fighting to uh, balance your books so that you can keep paying your dudes. Uh, but there are a couple cards where you just you'll hang on to them in the hopes that just at some point you'll manage to get the stars to align and then basically drop a nuke on the entire game.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's by design. No, so.
0: absolutely, absolutely. And there's there's enough there's enough <laughs> cards like that in the game that that there there are a lot of there are a lot of interesting effects that I don't see often. Like they're, you know, I'll see I'll see it happening once every 4 or 5 games I play. But when it does, if you if you can if you can make it happen, uh you know, like some truly some truly like it can really restructure the game.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the things I was looking at was, you know, the way you could get the idea of having cards in your hand, um, sort of like poker cards come together to form a pair or three of a kind, you could get some synergy between them. Uh, and the, part of that too was the idea I love the idea of subtypes in card games, uh, where there's different ways of manipulating subtypes or having bonuses according to subtypes. And so I tried to run with that. Uh, you know, a lot of card games have, t- uh, like, you know, magic and. There's a bunch of card games. Like Call of Cthulhu card game uh, places a lot of emph- em- emphasis on on subtypes and, and keying keen off those and having effects generated off of those. And so, I was really trying to go for that type of uh, that type of gameplay.
2: But but that sort of key effect thing um, in in a in a traditional card game like like Dominion or we've been talking about or Seven Wonders, you know, a lot of that has that highly balanced play tested a billion times you know the <laughs> alternate power of this card is carefully balanced to make you want to spend it instead of use it later that's what's uh, what happened in here that's yeah <laughs> so well i mean am i am i right that some of this stuff is actually randomized on the cards yeah game game?
1: it's all randomized it's um all those actions that you're getting on the cards, the blue actions, I, it's it's a roulette wheel type generation system.
2: Ah, I not right? oh, uh, so. And and it's also true of the poker card. The poker
1: cards are pure random out of fifty-two. Whatever's available, you just what, there's a pool that's made of what's available. It's what's not on the board, and that actually was a bug at first where I had been leaving some <laughs> out. <laughs>
2: But, okay, uh,
0: so when so when you play someone as like the ace of spades, that's now out of the deck, and you're the only yes, one that's going. That going yeah, yeah, yeah that about yeah, it's
2: because because you never see two aces. I, I mean, I I will admit I played an awful lot of this game uh, in the last week, and uh, you never see the ace of spades on twice in in a poker hand. So yeah. I've assumed that that had to be yeah. the case. But but the fact that actions are randomized. It's an interesting design decision. On the one hand, I can understand you or somebody else calling it a cop-out because you don't have to think about, well, what kind of action do I give this card that's also worth you know, $5 if you trade it in, which in this game would be a lot of money. Um, yeah. right? So there's no sense that you have like this one card that is super powerful and has to be equally powerful in every direction, or vice versa, you have one card that's super specialized but it's also worth a lot of money to trade in, right? So you have to make that balance of, oh, well, if I get the saloon later, this card is a game winner. But if I don't get the saloon later, I'm wasting my opportunity to use this money. I can see that just being like an endless morass of game balance. And for a single player you know, game, and I, probably not I never worth really it.
1: thought about it, but I think you might be right. I think it was sort of a subliminal thing for me or subconscious thing for me uh, to cop out.
2: <laughs> because... <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the flip side is is that the game is phenol- – I, I find it phenomenally replayable, um, almost headachely inducing replayable, kind of like you – if you get like really hooked on a simple solitaire game like like some iPhone game or Plants vs. Zombies or something like that where there's, there's not – there's neither a tremendous amount of luck involved nor is there a tremendous amount of skill. It's just satisfying going through that process. Um, yeah. I find those kinds of games headache-inducing after a while because, like, my brain has gone down this path to the point where it's locked in. I've I've sat up from playing four or five hours of uh, this card game, like, like, with my head, like, red and hot with a headache. <laughs> Not because I've been playing, like, some deep strategic challenge that I had to crack, but because... I sort of locked myself into this pattern of behaviors waiting to see what the next game would be because it really has that flavor of, well, in the next game, I'll just still play, play everything random, but I might get entirely different setups, right? I might get that magic sequence of actions, which really lets me screw the guy early in the game.
0: Well, Sorry. I mean, it's 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 really satisfying when when you get the stars aligning. I mean, when I had... You know, I mean, I've had a couple games go like this. I mean, this is this is why I, I think I'll be. You know, when I want when I want to win, when I want to play seriously, uh, I think I'm going with Erp uh, because you know when I had I had one posse that was just I mean it was just it was a massacre. Like you know they they had an ace in the hole and a base gunfight skill of like 16, and I was just going through there and planting dudes in Boot Hill right and left. It was it was disgusting and it was amazing. Uh, By comparison, I've had a lot of games where, and and most games probably should go this way, where every turn is a bit of a struggle to balance the books and then find some way of bringing that card, you know, off the bench and get it, you know, get this guy into a posse and get back out there. See, that's
2: that's because you're inherently an aggressive smack a guy in the head with a baseball bat kind of player, right? So Wyatt Earp really plays to your play style. Like my favorite card in the deck, and this speaks to my sordid history as a guy who played way too much magic. The gathering in tournaments is Nate champion. Who's just like one of the regular dudes. Yeah. I think I got, think I have the name right. Yeah. Um, and he's, he has uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he does two things. One is he gives you max hand size higher. And I'm one of those like old school magic guys where it's like card quality counts for everything. So I want more draws and I want to be able to keep more of them. Um, and he also is the – I think he's the only character that moves twice. Is that right?
1: Well, those that's going to happen if you've played an action onto him.
2: I right. I think okay. – uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but but he uh, for – I've had a couple games where he was able to just basically – the combination of the two just basically let me rip through the game.
1: Yeah, he's but, the so best. I, I think the cowboy. He's a cowboy class. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Subtype. So, yeah, I mean, th- I, that randomness to it, I think, really does make it uh, sort of happy accidents happen that really make you feel like something that's awesome is happening. And that that's the other thing here is that I really feel like there's stories being told here, which is pretty unusual for a really deep strategy game. I mean, I've certainly had plenty of games of something like Solium Infernum where I could say, oh, this is what happened. But they're you know their individual stories turn by turn where it's like oh well we got the Apaches together with the lawmen and we sent them off to go I don't know you know quell the Indian uprising and I didn't lose my Apaches because I was the guy holding the canyon right there's a little story that gets told there which might get wiped out two hands from now um, but yeah. it's, it's actually kind of satisfying.
1: Yeah, I think you know it's it's fun. I think you know Tom Chick. He wrote a little uh, thing on quarter to three there, and he started talking about you know what had happened in his hand. And I'm reading, it, and I was thinking, boy, this is a game. I think I'd like to play. Um, you know, I, I love that idea of this emergent you know story coming out from you know whatever the pieces are you're moving around the board. I remember when you know Master of Orion two. Uh, I was uh, I was commuting a lot uh, in grad school to, uh, on, on the train. And I couldn't play. I could only play when I was at my house, and I would uh, the spend the entire days, right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I could only I, I, I would get my notebook out and I would map out the star systems on the notebook, and I would you know basically have this plan that I would build up of what I was going to do and you know what the Darlocks had done to me and uh, which system I was going to move on. And you literally, if you put these these entries together in the notebook together you could tell a story um you know of how the galaxy was lost but uh, that's ever since then i've loved that idea of these games you know um in in some strange little way having this uh this hidden history that you know only the player is discovering
2: hey you know you know what would make those stories even more awesome
1: <laughs> multiplayer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I was afraid to ask
2: because <laughs> you know, it's like my, my whole story about getting the lawman and the Apaches to team up would be so much more sweet if the end result was Rob Zachney in tears.
0: <laughs> uh, no, see, because yeah, but and see, I'd have been so much happier just like sending posse after posse to the graveyard. That would have been that would have been so much better if, if it, I was just like mine. blasting yeah. through you your guns. Remember that time
1: you gave him saddle sores and yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he got hooked on the whiskey and. So, so what's so what's next for you? What I mean, uh, sorry, Rob, I didn't mean to cut you. No, out. that
0: was yeah, that was exactly my next question. So go ahead.
2: <laughs> what's well, well. so what's next? Are you going to make the roguelike?
0: Yeah, I actually have made
1: some good progress on that because you know, uh, I, I don't want to. Tell everybody about all my hand wringing but this 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 game uh, Six Gun Saga was a really difficult game. It should it was supposed to be a uh, fun, relaxing, easy one, both to play and to make, and it was anything but. Um, you know, I think I originally announced it back in September of last year and thought it was going to be out the door in a couple months, uh, and it did was not um but so it was it was a lot of hand wringing and uh i, I took a, a bunch of time off at different spots and just tried to advance the ball on uh on the on, on my roguelike project um which is going to be uh it's it's you know it's going to be a, a a game focused on exploration uh i've got a little nifty uh mechanic to resolve you know any type of challenge or combat you get uh in the game. Uh, don't ask me when I'm going to be finishing it. I have no idea. Um, I'm going to, you know, be working on Six-Gun Saga, tightening up the AI, adding some more features. I got, you know, some, and I'm not going to throw a lot of chrome on it. Like you said, I want to keep the design, you know, simple and elegant. Um, but um, there's still more that needs to be done. And then, uh, you know, over the the end of the summer, I'll start full blast on the next
0: game. So. So you're your own admission, you, you said that, you know, programming is that, you know, you're not, you're not the strongest coder that, you know, your, your technique, your technical uh, abilities are kind of limited. So is the roguelike, you know, when I, when I think of a roguelike, I, you know, I, I tend to think that's, that's kind of, that's, uh, that's kind of a job for a programmer. Uh, so, so are you running like, so how are you going about this one? Uh, are you, you know, are you getting, are you skilling up or are you still going to be sticking with director?
1: No. Yeah, I'm going to be sticking with director. Um, it's, it's not really that. I mean, it's actually quite sm- simpler than, uh, you know, the games I've done before with 10,000 moving pieces and all these interacting, you know, mechanics. The, the roguelike mechanics uh, are very focused. Um, you know, it's move into an area, uh, decide on an encounter, uh, resolve the encounter. Um, this is very much. I, it's not your typical roguelike in that you, um, you know, you, you move around the dungeon and you have other, you know, mobs out there that are moving, and you have to, you know, uh, uh, go, you know, worry about your level and 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 um, your hunger, and it, it's it's going to have some of those elements. In that I'm going to have permadeath as an option. Um, but this is a game about exploring and, and, and managing your risk, um, uh, where you want to go. You'll, you know, um, there's a lot of, well, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this and making it sound interesting, but it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a game about managing your inventory and, uh, and not in a bad way. It's too, I, I, I got a really clever, uh, system I've come up to present the inventory and it's, um. I don't want to, you know, give a, give a lot of it away, but it, you basically it's all about exploration and managing your risk and deciding um, when you want to use your resources. Uh, it's it, there'll be time. It's it, each basically you'll take a mission and you'll have to accomplish this mission uh, within a certain amount of time, uh, or or you, you you fail. So does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So yeah,
0: totally. I, I'm curious. I, I'm I'm curious. Why a roguelike? Because it it seems like suddenly there's been a lot of interest in this style game, and I'm curious what sort of led you to it.
1: Uh, You know, Puzzle Quest, I think, uh, is one of the things that, one of my favorite games. I I love the way they you have a world you explore, and then you have this little mechanic game that lets you uh, move pieces around. and uh resolve some whatever it is you're doing and then you move on to the next uh you know little area and you you explore the the map and and come across encounters that are that are cool and you try to plan you know what you need to add to your to your uh character to conquer the next challenge i I like i wanted to address that type of strategy space where it was more um you know not moving the armies around but more uh uh the you know taking deciding what risk to take and when to push your luck and when to, to fall back and consolidate. So I it, that's um you know that's uh, that's the 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 concept before. Hopefully the um, the the design will will
0: bring that out too. So time for uh you know final final opinions on uh six gun. Uh, Julian, I get the sense you're a little lukewarm on it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're kidding you're yeah. kidding right? Yeah, cause I, cause you know me, I'm hyperbole theater right?
2: I whatever whatever the uh the the thing of the moment is is the best thing ever but uh this one has definitely sucked a lot more time than you might think for a game that you know plays in such small chunks um i mean are there things that i would like on it yeah i mean i there there's some interface stuff i'd love to see man would i like multiplayer boy would i love to be playing this on the ipad on the airplane uh but uh but man i i I actually found it. Um, I, I was a huge Armageddon Empires fan. I was a little lukewarm on Solium Infernum. This one, right up the middle for me. And you know, maybe it's because I'm not as uh, you know as deep a strategy gamer as Troy and are and and am often unwilling or unable to put in the huge chunks of time that a big fat you know World War II military strategy game can, can can demand. But boy, to me, this just hits a great sweet spot. There's nothing like it.
1: Oh, that's actually great to hear because you know one of my worries was that, uh, like you, we talked about before, that it was going to be too light for for the, the fan base that um, liked my first well, two games.
2: Rob, Rob will tell you I'm pretty light, so you may want to save judgment. I'm glad
1: There's they're right. I, I'm glad they're appreciating the depth, though. There, I think there is you know not that I, I I I planned for it to come out that way, but I think it did come together and that there are you know simple elements that generate a lot of complexity that you can enjoy
0: you know i'm I'm still you know for me the, the jury is still out it's definitely one of those games where you know the 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 niche it falls into is i uh, you know I was, I was telling a friend that six gun saga is kind of like uh you know solitaire for strategy gamers
2: yeah it's fair yeah, i
0: mean that's i mean yeah. it's just it, it slots into that same niche where well solitaire solitaire is too too repetitive, too mindless. I just, you know, I, I could never be one of those guys sitting on the, uh, you know, on the airplane, you know, playing round after round of solitaire. This, this, this totally, this could totally fill that fill that spot for me. The issue I run into is that's not a spot I want filled very often. This is certainly, <laughs> this is certainly, this is certainly this a game I enjoy. In
2: your life, you try to avoid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Honestly, yes. I mean, it's like when when my when I get my gaming time in, I tend to go for something, you know, a, a little more complicated, a little more, you know, a, a slightly larger time investment. But that's it. This is one of these issues that I think is is coming up, increasing in, increasingly in strategy gaming, where games suit a certain lifestyle in some ways. You know, like depending on platform, depending on you know how they. How they they are meant to be played, and like Six Gun Saga is just not quite does not perfectly align with how I tend to interact with strategy games.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy with the Solitaire for um, you know for strategy gamers label. Um, I myself, uh, you know, I often sit down at my desk and I I feel like my brain is melted and uh, approaching a, a really complex game is just not. Uh, is beyond me at the time. So, you know, I, I'll play puzzle quest. uh, because I find it simple and relaxing and that's the, you know, I, I think I'm repeating myself here, but that's what I was going for. Uh, you know, maybe when you, I'm going to be 46 in about a week and I'm feeling already like, um, on the downhill slope. Um, my, I don't have the mental acuity that, that, <laughs> that I had even 10 years ago. So, um, you know, I can see why my dad, who's in his seventies, plays sits there and plays solitaire all the time. It's sort of striking me why that happens. Uh, so I think there, you know, you, you can have fun doing repetitive things like that. Maybe garden too, but uh, that's that's what I was aiming for. Right with the, with the game.
0: Uh, so I don't usually do this, but I just happen to have Twitter open, and a question appears from uh, Ozamandius Av, a, a Gamers with Jobs forum member. He asks uh, for a Vic Davis newbie what's the best intro title to pick up? And honestly, like, my first instinct was this. I'm not sure. Oh, Armageddon is, Empires. Yeah? You, you uh, they, feel I mean, that's the best repre- representative?
2: I, I mean, Six Hand Saga fills a great niche. I find I, Armageddon Empires, to me, still to this day, is a surprise and delight every time you fire it up, right? It's like, holy cow, somebody made this? And I mean, if you're if you're like a board slash strategy gamer who isn't necessarily always trying to re wanting to refight World War II, th- th- that was such a breath of fresh air. And it's a fairly timeless design, right? It doesn't claim to be some you know graphics tour de force or anything like that, right? That game will look just as good now as it does in ten years, and you can take that as a criticism or a praise, right, <laughs> depending on your perspective. <laughs> you know, absolutely, um, absolutely. Um, so I would I would say start with Armageddon Empires. I, I I came away from Solium Infernum annoyed and cold. So to me, you know, this this and Six Gun Saga. I mean, or Six Gun Saga and Armageddon Empires to me are the the ones to go for. And I would honestly, I'd start with Armageddon Empires. I think Six Gun Saga is great, but uh, I can see it not being some people's thing.
0: Vic, what, what's the uh, what's the first foot forward you'd want to put? Oh wow!
1: You can buy them all.
0: <laughs> you know, I'll, hang on. I'll just I'll just tell him that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Why choose? Is there a
1: Why
2: Is there like a thirty dollar get them all Pokemon pack?
1: Uh, it, you know, actually, I have a a, a a double pack on the the two heavy strategy games. You know, that's one thing. I I guess I should say part of the um. You know, the idea behind this, besides needing a break, wanting to do a lunch type game, was also this idea that, you know, um, and I'm a terrible businessman. You could just ask anybody, <laughs> but um, was the idea that if you offered up something like this, that was, I could make in a, in a year or less, turned out to be longer, but uh, that you would get people to come to the website and also look at the hardcore strategy games and be intrigued and try those out too. You know, so that was. This is also a bit of, um, you know, trying to uh, attract some some customers too. Um, but, um, yeah, which one would you? I I think you know Armageddon Empires is definitely. Well, I, I you can't do this to me. would Be like asking which one of my kids. <laughs> which of your kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's. The, I'm not. So Rob, I'm shut up. I'm gonna take the fifth on this one.
2: Rob, what would you say?
0: You know, probably Armageddon Empires. I mean, there's certainly you certainly can't recommend Solium Infernum to a noob. No, I I don't think I don't think you can you could in good conscience because it could be one of those things that's going to be so rich that someone's going to be like, oh, this is fantastic. You know, where's this been all my life? But that's that's a risk. You know, that's that's a risk. And I think, you know, I think six gun is is also a risk because I think for a lot of people, it's going to fall into that same sort of uncomfortable spot that it does for me where, well, this isn't. This isn't what I usually do when well, I play PC strategy the, games. Also
2: known as the childless and underemployed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's
2: <laughs> that is very
0: true.
1: Now you're getting dirty, <laughs> mean.
2: No, but that's
0: but that's very true. Like, I mean, you know, my next my next my next my next game on the docket is Pride of Nations.
2: Yeah, have fun uh, which for is that.
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, so I can count you out.
2: Well, like in a week, you can tell me how the tutorial was.
0: Yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah so so yeah i think i think mean, it has to be i think it has to be Armageddon empires because uh, i think six gun six gun is interesting it you know if it hits you in if it hits you in the right spot as a clearly it has Julian, uh you know it's going to be you know a you know a leisure time obsession uh for me with an with an excessive- le- leisure i'll probably go <laughs> to, i'll probably go <laughs> something else
2: yeah, that's fair, fair enough, enough.
0: All right. So, on that note, uh, on the admission that, frankly, if I were Bez here, I'd like I'd like this game a whole lot more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, we will call it a night. As always, thanks to uh, Michael Armies for doing production on this episode, and uh, special thanks to Vic for making the time to speak with us.
2: Yes, no, no, thank, thank you. you
0: guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Say good night, everyone. Good
2: night, everyone. Good night.